Hello and welcome to the Fit for Life podcast with your host, Alan Fitton. In this podcast, I will be covering fitness-related subjects and my experiences to do with nutrition, building muscle and weight loss, to name a few, and how, above all, to keep fit for life. So, hello and welcome back to the Fit for Life podcast with another guest today. We have Lisa Booth here. Hello. How are you, Lisa? I'm really good, Alan. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. good. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so we've got quite a big story to, well, so I don't want to say story like life experience mm. to talk about today. Yeah. Something quite big that you've been through yourself. And so first of all, let's have a bit of an icebreaker first. We've done this in the past few, few casts. Been a gent here and got at least some ginger immune support. Fabulous. But you, you. You, you're a fan of these, aren't I'm you? I'm a massive fan you of them. Fan of yeah, these. big fan. Got to shake them first. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever tried the, the chili one? Yeah, and the turmeric ones. Which do you prefer? I actually prefer the one without. Do you? I do, yes. So this is your, so this is your favourite? So this is my favourite. It's your favourite one. You've oh, done well. Days. But it is like, I saw what I did with the other client the other week. It is literally 12% ginger juice. Yeah. And 82% <laughs> apple juice. So It's got quite the kick. Yeah, go on. Ginger. Cheers. Ginger. Cheers. Ginger. Jesus, imagine you with tequila. <laughs> <laughs> that's my water. That's my spirit drink now. Mm. I love tequila. Mm. Me too, the rosy. We're in Liverpool today. And Barcelona, did you ever go to Barcelona? No, never. Back in the day, never oh my God. I don't know if any listeners remember this, but Barcelona was a tequila bar in Liverpool you go to, you pay £12 and get six shots of tequila, different flavours, like butternut, butterscotch, mint, chilli, baked bean. Oh my God. Wow, the yeah. hangover the next day. Yeah, yeah that's what we live for. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Anyway, let's get into things here. So um, let's have a bit of an introduction, Lisa. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you currently do. My name is Lisa Booth. I am a personal trainer and coach. I am a mum to two teenagers, a daughter who's about to turn 16 this year and a son who's 14. I'm married and have been for 16 years. I was born in Liverpool, born and bred in Liverpool, and I've lived in Southport probably for the past 17, 18 years now. So I've finally got to that stage where I call Southport my home now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer Southport to Liverpool or... Do you know, I do. I love the coastline. So yeah. for me, that was a huge drawing to, to come to the Southport. Um, 26 miles of beautiful, beautiful beach. I'm an Aquarian, so I love water. So I'm really, really drawn to that anyway. Yeah. And I like the pace of life here. And yeah. it's not like Liverpool's a million miles away anyway. No, so no, so it's only literally half an hour down the road. Yeah. So I have the best of both worlds. So I like to reside here yeah. and I like to go and play out in Liverpool. Oh, cool. Love it. So, so you mentioned that you're a coach, yes. you're a PT. Yes. So what lit the passion for you to to become a PT? Oh, that's a great question, actually. Yeah. Uh, we're kicking off. Here we go. Well, right straight, right in there. Straight, straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. straight yeah. in. So, first of all, I'll start with, I am 43 years of age. No. I am 43 years of age. <laughs> and I am not one of those people that kind of found my passion early on. Some people, and I envy these people, they kind of just know what they want to do with their life. Yeah. I was never like that. I kind of meandered around lots of different, lots of different industries, lots of different jobs, trying to find what worked for me. I essentially kind of fell into personal training, really, if I'm honest, through my own experiences, my own life journey. I have had my own franchises before with slimming companies. So I've always kind of had a real interest in that sort of side of fitness industry, if you like. But it was really the fitness side that really, really stood out to me more than anything else. And from having gone through some of the things that I'd gone through, it was just a natural progression to go into fitness. What? 
industries were you involved in? So sales. sales so yeah. sales predominantly. Yeah. I've worked in the dental industry. Wow. Okay. Yeah, as well. And in sales, lots of different genres within sales as well. So yeah, I was always told I could sell ice to the Eskimos. I don't know how true that is, <laughs> but we'll right? see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sales is kind of quite easy for me. I was came, I found that quite natural. And then dentistry through my husband, because my husband is a dentist. Mm -hmm. So I managed a practice that he worked in and I did that for quite some time. And it wasn't really the right fit for me. And then I left that industry. Prior to that, I had had three of my own franchises for a very, very well-known slimming company. And I decided to walk away from that for reasons I think we'll probably end up talking about today. Yeah, yeah. But I decided I couldn't be there anymore in good conscience. And then essentially... I ended up, my daughter got quite ill. And during the time when our daughter was quite poorly, I kind of hit a place in my life where I hit rock bottom. And I'm quite literally mean, I hit rock bottom. And I was suffering from some stress myself anyway. So when our daughter got poorly, I was in a really, really, really bad place. So the gym floor was kind of offered up to me as a safe space where I could go and I could kind of unplug from everything that was going on at home. Yeah. And I could just try to have that hour for myself and that's really where this journey began for me in terms of becoming a personal trainer oh wow that's incredible so so the, so the, the gym floor was your kind of like mental release and escape wasn't it was still is always yeah, yeah, will yeah. be yeah love it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's for a lot of people isn't it i think um yeah the, the, the gym floor is a great place to switch off from from everything and um, yeah. work on yourself and have some you time i think most importantly absolutely and i think that that's something that I get a lot of people are frightened to step foot in a gym mm -hmm. and they can be quite intimidated by stepping foot in a gym. But my personal experience from someone who has been much, much larger than I am now, yeah. it was never a place of judgment. It was never, I never experienced what you think the gym floor is going to be like. Everyone's looking at me. Yeah. <gasps> they think I'm not doing it right. Oh, I shouldn't be here. This is not... I never experienced that. In fact, it was always the opposite. I found encouragement. Yeah. So when you'd gone for, you know, a couple people started to recognize you, you'd get the smiles morning. Hey, how are you doing? And and then it would be, oh, you, do, you know, you're doing really, really well. And it was nothing but encouraging. Yeah, which so, is what you want, isn't it? Which is what yeah, you yeah. want, which is absolutely what you want. So yeah, it was a great place for me. So, so was that, so how did you stumble across that? Was that something that you just thought at that moment in time, you're like, I need to work on me. I need an escape. I'm going to do this. Was it something that you had like suggested from someone? Was it just, what, what? What got you in there? Was it a PT you went up with? Was it, what pulled you in? Okay, so specifically, I can't pinpoint the exact reason. I kind of remember at the time, I don't remember the conversation that must have led to this, but there obviously was a conversation with someone yeah. at the time. So I apologize to whoever that person is for this. But I just knew that I needed to have a space away from the home environment because our daughter had had quite she's an epileptic and she'd had a grand mal seizure and it was probably the most terrifying thing that's ever happened in my life and I would say there was probably an element of PTSD that was going on so my husband and I were kind of because it was nocturnal seizure so my husband and I were taking it in turns to kind of sleep in shifts so it wow, was like having there. a newborn again Frankly. so you go through so anyone who's got young children you know you kind of run through the motions and we were doing the same so that home environment wasn't that decompression that most people get when they come home from work for mm. me that was the stressed environment so I needed to leave that environment in order to find that decompression 
And so the suggestion came, well, why don't you start training? Why don't you start working out? And I had been a member of a gym previously and I, I had actually trained. So I decided to do it. And I remember at the time it was Facebook, which I'm all about Instagram these days, but it was <laughs> yeah, Facebook yeah. back in the day, back yeah. in the day. And I, I remember putting a message out just kind of saying, you know, anyone got any recommendations for any really great gyms in Southport? And lots and lots of people came back and suggested the gym that I, I trained at. And so I just did it. And for the first year, I walked into the gym, this is no lie, with a cap on, pulled right over my face, so no eye contact. No one knew who you no were. No eye contact <laughs> whatsoever. Because I had those exact ideas as well, that people were all going to be judging me. What's she doing in here? She shouldn't be in here. What is she doing? You know, that's not how you... And I, I was just so scared. So I did that. And then after a couple of months, I then enlisted the help of a local PT. And yeah, and that's kind of how it all started for me. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So... As we, as we speak about ourselves, you know, being mm-hmm. bigger and walking into a gym yeah. is is massively intimidating mm-hmm. and a scary place for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you want to hop into the condition you were in and what, yeah. what, what changed? So this is kind of a two-part story in this case, yeah. actually, because when I joined the gym, it was from a mental perspective, not yeah. a physical perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However... If we kind of rewind a little bit, and I, I, I mentioned that I had had some franchises for a well-known slimming group, I had lost a lot of my weight. So like yourself, I lost just under seven stone. Mm. So that was a huge journey for me. And during, I hadn't even realized, and I don't know if can, people can kind of relate to this, but I didn't realize that I'd gotten as big as I'd gotten. So I was kind of, I suppose it started really, I met my husband and we were living together and it was just takeaways and bottles of wine and good times and fun times. And we lived in an apartment in Liverpool. There were two apartments on the same floor and the couple that lived there, we got on really, really well with. So it was always two wine glasses in each hand (laughs) on a a random Tuesday that everyone, you know, just got home from work. And it was kind of like, you said, the weight creeped on gradually and we got married I was a size 14 I remember very conscious in my wedding dress and then I got pregnant 12 months later with my daughter put on another dress size and she was nine months when I got pregnant with my son I put on another dress size so I didn't can't really say I realized it happened and I almost had an sort of an element of body dysmorphia I would go into the changing rooms and take a size 16 with me I was a 20 and I literally would I remember I'd stand in the changing room kind of going like, why do these clothes not fit me? What is, what? They are really skimping on the material these days. <laughs> As you do. It's folk, not mine. It's not yeah. mine. This is yeah, not, yeah. is it me? Am I the problem? And I kind of never realized that. And there was a, te- there was a, I mean, there was a turning point for me. We've talked about this, the yeah. turning point, yeah, yeah. which is quite horrendous. But in retrospect, before I tell anyone this, it didn't come from a good place, but it turned out really, really well for me in the end. My husband had gone out to wet the baby's head. He'd gone out with a relative. Long story short, He'd stayed over somewhere. He shouldn't have stayed over with a friend. They'd crashed out and stuff. And the next day, it was Mothering Sunday. And I'd woken up with two young children, my mum and dad's house, without my husband present. Yeah. So I was not a happy bunny. Women can relate to that, definitely. I was not a happy (laughs) bunny. So... I got a phone call. Can you come and collect me? Very sheepish. No, you can get a taxi home because obviously I was a bit miffed with him. And he'd been out with a relative. So when he came back that day, the relative had preempted I was not going to be very happy. And he kind of got ahead, tried to get ahead of the situation and tried to diffuse the situation, which was actually hilarious thinking about it. And his kind of way of diffusing the situation was the beginning of of my life changing, really, in as much as he kind of just said, before you say anything to your husband, my kind of wingman, he stayed out for me. He was single at the time. And he said, you know, you're, and he was still drunk. I must reiterate this. 
this yeah. relative was drunk still. And he said, you know, you're lucky that he's still married to you. He should have divorced you for fraud because that's not what he married. And I remember, I still remember that moment very, very vividly. I remember what they were both wearing that moment. It's one of those moments. Yeah. And I remember feeling utter humiliation because all the things that I tried to bury, this whole, I'm size 16, I've just mm. had two children. It's normal, it's natural, came flooding to the forefront. And I couldn't ignore that anymore. Yeah. And my husband did jump in there and kind of, you know, gave him down the banks, you know, don't speak to my wife like that and all the rest yeah. of it. And it was all fine, it was all fine. Yeah. It was a moment for me, it was a real moment. And I actually joined a slimming club that following week. And so right. that was it. That's how I lost my weight with, with a slimming club. Okay. And did you find that easy? Was that, I mean, I guess from that experience, you were pretty damn determined. Oh, I was, I remember using the terminology. I remember going to a club because the cultures of diet clubs are very much like you have this all, I'm so sorry again, but I'm not a fan of diet clubs regardless. But they have, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We're both on the same page with that. But they have this kumbaya approach at the end of every single session where you kind of, everyone gets weighed and then they all stay behind and then they all talk about so this week, Sarah lost four pounds. Well done. We all clap and Sarah tells us what she's done. Mm. And this week, Lisa gained one pound. What happened, Lisa? What went wrong? And we tried to dissect it. And the idea of them is, that, you know, the, the kind of the psychology behind it's great. We're all trying to help each other. It takes an army. Everyone's trying to support each other. Great. I get that. I get that. I have no issue with that. My issue with the diet club culture, they're not teaching you how to exist in the normal world. They're teaching you how to follow their program yeah. and the consultants tend to have all been members themselves and so have all lost weight so they've bought into this philosophy of whatever the brand is, is kind of selling because essentially they are a business they are selling you something yeah, yeah they yeah. are dependent it's like the lottery with scratch cards they're dependent on churn they need repeat business so they, they need yo-yo dieters they need yo-yo they need. dieters yeah. they need yo-yo dieters and so during that journey what they don't teach their consultants, which you and I know, which is why so many personal trainers and coaches have such a big problem with diet cultures and diet club cultures, is because they don't teach you what happens further down the line. So they explain this, this process to you and they sell this to you. And then from there on, when, for example, if you have seven stone to lose, mm -hmm. when you've lost four of that seven stone or five of that seven stone, all of a sudden your weight plateaus and you stop losing weight, but you're following the program. Yeah. But you're actually doing it to the letter of the law, but you're not losing weight anymore. And then when you sit around this kind of like campfire scenario and then they come to you, Lisa, what's happened this week, you're perplexed because you know you've given it 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the consultant's almost like, well, okay, well, if what you're saying is true, then why have you not lost weight? And then all of a sudden you don't have the answers to that, but then they don't have the answers to that either. And the reason basically that you and I both know now is because you're carrying four or five stone less than you were. So you are basically not burning as many calories on a day-to-day basis what than what you were. So you cannot eat the same quantity of food and expect the same results. That isn't sexy. And they no. can't tell you that because they've just sold you. You can eat unlimited amounts of this mm -hmm. food. So it then has a very dark side yeah. and I then ended up trying to manipulate the results. So when my weight loss plateaued and I threw what I believe at the time to be no fault of my own, because I knew I was doing it right, I was blinkered in my determination and it, it, I just stopped losing weight. In fact, some weeks I'd be gaining weight and I couldn't understand. So then I found a workaround because I used to go to an evening weigh-in. I'm going to go to a morning class. That's what I'm going to do. I'll have no food in my system. I'll weigh less. 
So I did. Right. And then when that stopped working, then I started using laxatives and I ended up with an eating disorder. And then I was so blinkered and I, and because, you know, diet groups only rely on one variable and that is your scale weight. And mm. again, we know that scale weight has so many variables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a very, very dark, vicious circle. And so I did lose a lot of weight with a diet club, but it came at a price, quite a significant price actually. So were you diagnosed full on with an eating disorder? I eventually went and sought some help. Uh -huh. My husband intervened in the end and he was like, look, we need to talk about this now. And he was very careful how he approached that with me because obviously he understood my need, my want to lose weight and mm -hmm. he wanted to be as supportive as he could. But then he got to a point when he was like, no, at least we need to talk about this now. We need to go and see someone. So I went and I enlisted the help of a GP. I was actually referred a psychiatrist, 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 psychiatrist. Not, I'm not crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. depends on who you ask actually <laughs> and on what day <laughs> depends what the moon is in the yeah. sky yeah and I went to see him and he was incredibly dismissive actually he was, was he? Uh, yeah he was he was horrendous he was just he just basically I explained on this and he just said you shouldn't be here this is a waste of my time you know this is not an eating disorder this is control and manipulation of food in the highest order, but it's not an eating disorder. Well, That's what an eating disorder is. Well, what is an eating disorder? Yeah, then? I was going to say. So I went away and I had to pull up my big girl socks all on my own and the problem didn't go away. And then one day it was actually my husband, I was ready to take laxatives again. And my husband just stopped and he said, you've never been the type of person to let anything control you. Why are you letting this control you? And again, it was another one of those moments and I thought, it just yeah it was like a light bulb moment switched. and i just was yeah. like yeah. i'm not going to take them and so i didn't and i've never taken laxative again since and now i've kind of come full circle on all amazing. of that so, yeah. amazing so the gym was after that was it so the gym was after that yeah. so when i first walked into the gym yeah i was already i was already thin i'd lost all my weight at that point right. it was it became then and also when i was losing weight i never actually i i kind of did dabble a little bit in the gym for a very brief period of time but i didn't really join a gym while I was losing weight and I wished if you know shoulda woulda coulda yeah yeah exactly. I wish I I wished I'd back. done that then when I look back but yeah. I didn't it, it wasn't encouraged at that time and it was something they used to use I can't like I'm not supposed to tell you the word but there was a word that they used to use for it and it was basically like gardening is and what they were essentially selling was you just needed to move more which in concept yeah. is correct but when you've got a lot of weight to lose you absolutely need to be in the gym and you need to be shifting some iron. Yeah, you do. You, do. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely you do. do. So I wished I'd done that differently, but you know, we are where we are today. So the actual joining of the gym was more about the mental clarity yeah. for me initially okay. and became quickly turned into something yeah. else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, so um, something I want to touch on as well from everything you shared there. Thank you for sharing. That's, you know, you've shared a lot of personal mm -hmm. things you've been through there. What interests me is going back to when you said that you were with your with your partner and you're living in Liverpool and you're going out for like nice meals with your neighbours and stuff like that. It very much gets branded in society today that if you put weight on, you're happy. Yes. Well, why should we brand? I know it's probably, some people will look at, listen to me, I think I'll be a little bit extreme here, mm -hmm. but I think why should we be kind of like, saying it's okay to be like, it's okay to put on like two or three stone when you get with someone because it's just, they think you're happy. I don't know. I struggle with that. What's your, what's your take on that? What's my take on that? Okay. So I think 
it's a comfort zone situation, isn't it? And let's be honest, when people put a lot of weight on, it's equally as much as because people are really unhappy. Yeah. And I know lots of people who are emotional eaters that eat when they're unhappy. I was an emotional eater and as much as I ate, if my mood varied anything past neutral, I would eat and put food on it. I literally would. So yeah. if I was really upset, I would eat. If I was really happy, I would eat and I would eat all the wrong things. I think it literally is about comfort zones. I think initially we're all on like our best behavior, we're all prim and proper, you know, how does my hair look? How's this? How do I? And then you get to know somebody and you get to know them for who they are. And let's be honest, it becomes much less about the initial Relax, attraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it becomes do. about the person. Yeah. And on that subject, actually, my coach posted something fairly recently and I read it and I thought, you know what? Absolutely. And she said, your body, and this was not aimed at me, it was in general. And she said, your body is the least interesting thing about you. And I love that. Yeah. And I love that in this society when we put so much emphasis on physiques mm, especially on in instagram as well especially in that, on instagram in that, the world that and, we're in. and i am guilty of that i'm 100 percent. i hold my hands up to that i'm 100 percent guilty of that but i come at this from i have a very different narrative in terms of why i kind of i bear a lot of flesh and things on instagram because i find it empowering i find it motivating the women that reach out to me find that exact same thing mm -hmm. as well and also i guess because as a woman in my 40s especially as a mom you can't lose your identity and i don't want to lose my identity so i'm quite fierce about protecting that identity yeah. And I kind of want to be one of those women that's like, well, who says life's over when you get to 40? Hell yeah. no. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that people just become comfortable. Yeah. And it's easily done. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think there should be some some self-priority to be like, yeah, I should be looking after myself. No, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. But don't you think it's a bit like an avalanche? It picks up. So it's kind of like should we get takeout tonight yeah and you gauge the person's reaction and then and they're the kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's sold, like you're into it because it's seldom yeah, yeah. just one person isn't it It tends to be both so i think it, does, it is yeah. a, a coming together i think both parties kind of like pick up on each other's weaknesses and then sometimes they kind of feed into that a little bit until you find your happy place that's really yeah, yeah that's true what would you say was your biggest roadblock oh well referring to exhibit a that we just spoke about <laughs> i would say the fact that I was so blinkered. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy to say that, that was kind of like a roadblock. But for me, it was because that ended up in an eating disorder. I didn't give myself a moment. We hear this word, this buzzword, don't we? Balance, balance, balance. Yeah. And I didn't have any balance. I was so, so focused and so set in stone. Because I came from, again, a yo-yo culture. So my mum was a, <laughs> she is one of the founding members of the yo-yo diet club. And, right. and and it was kind of, and her sisters were the same. So I grew up in that kind of environment. And so I think that for me, once I got in this kind of train out the station, I was terrified that it would halt. So right. I was so blinkered and so focused that there was no allowing for that to not continue until I got to where I was going. And I didn't even really know where I was going. There wasn't a number as such. I was just going to keep going. And so I went too far past that point. So, you know, right. this is just right. No, I yeah. ran right the way past that and then had to then do a U-turn and come all the way back again. So I would say that I didn't find my balance. I wasn't measured enough in my approach and it was quite detrimental in the end. Okay. So can we cover, so obviously you lost all the way that you got into the gym. Yeah how obviously you, you've done incredible <laughs> since uh, thank you so how did you find that process for stepping get into the gym and getting with the pt do you want to talk, talk us a little bit about your journey and that other part of it okay so what i will say at yeah? this point is that to reiterate 
I did go to the gym with a cap on for a year and the gym that I joined was a very, very serious gym in terms of everyone that went there trained really, really hard mm -hmm. and everyone had a physique. So it was super duper intimidating for me when I first joined that gym, hence the reason I wore a cap. But the thing that constantly played over in my head was if I want a little bit of that, mm -hmm. this has got to be the best place for me to be. Yeah. Right. So I know right now I don't feel particularly comfortable, but if I do it for long enough, I'm going to find my happy place. And I literally, that was my mantra. So that's what I did. So the cap was my safety net. Yeah. And I then became part of the community because you do, you know yourself in the gyms that you're training, you see the same people. People have very similar like shift patterns. So you see a lot of the same people. So it becomes like a real kind of camaraderie. And I remember a personal trainer saying to me, I, I was chatting to her saying, you know, I'm really still a bit unsure about certain things and like, whether I'm doing anything right. And, you know, I've not really weightlifted before. And she said to me, well, it's very simple. Just look around from a non-judgmental perspective, but look around the gym floor and decide what type of physique you want. Do you want the type of physique that the ladies doing cardio have? Or do you want the type of physique that the ladies lifting weights have? And again, we talk a lot about these light bulb moments, but yeah. I do have a lot of these moments through my yeah, life yeah. where I kind of just went, oh my, <laughs> there it is. good <laughs> Lord, give me the weights. <laughs> and that, and again, so from that perspective, from this part of the journey, that was the new track that I went on. It was all about lifting weights. So then I absorbed as much information as I could. So, you know, you're on, you're, you're on Instagram learning how to, how to curl really yeah. badly. <laughs> It's yeah. not all bad, but a lot no. of it is. So, you know, you, you've got this form that you think is absolutely perfect yeah. because you've seen it on some like YouTube or Instagram or something. In the end, I ended up, I decided, I did have some personal training sessions and that was very helpful, but I decided coaching was the way forward for me. So I enlisted my coach that I have now, piggybacked off. My cousin did all the legwork and found her. And right. I was like, great, that one's fab for me too. So how, how long have you been with her? So Sam and I have got a... I want to say four years. Right, yeah. But you know what? It's interesting because I don't work with Sam because I need motivation. Mm -hmm. I work with Sam because from a professional perspective, she keeps me learning all the time. Because if you think about it, from our job, we come across lots of different clients all the time. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, sometimes you will look at a client and you know what a client wants and you kind of know what direction you're going to go with them. And not that I say clients want to fit into boxes and I hate that, but they sort of do. Yeah. You kind of know this is going to be predominantly box A or box B. But then if you have, say for organization, if you have 20 clients, then if your coach has 40 clients, then they're, you're then enlisting the knowledge that they've based on 40 plus however many clients have come before them. So you have the this kind of directory of knowledge that you may not have come across that scenario yet in your own working experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Very coaching true. for me, it keeps me accountable because we put so much, I know you talk about not managing to get to the gym all the time because mm -hmm. your client, you're busy. So you know yourself, you're accountable to you right now. Yeah. I'm accountable to Sam. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that yeah. keeps me on That's my, good. and it also, again, it sounds crazy, but it takes the guesswork out for me because yeah. When you will always put yourself at the bottom of the pile, I don't have the option to do that because I have myself a coach. So I definitely yeah. learn lots from her. So from a professional perspective, it's, it's non-negotiable to me. Love but that. then also from a personal perspective, my goals keep Your changing goals. all yeah, the yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and she's an abundance of knowledge and I have a lot of respect for her. So that's why I keep having a coach. That's good. No, I, I said I, yeah. I say any professional, any, any demographic needs someone above them to Always. pull them out to Always. educate them further push them further i think it's really important yeah. you know? no one wants to stay linear i yeah, think that's yeah. my biggest fear in life 
just staying the same. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that keeps me up at night. What if I don't progress in any element professionally as a mom, as a wife within the career? Yeah. What if I'm exactly the same this time yeah, next no. year? It's hard that, isn't it's it? It's scary. It's it a motivator. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. So did you have any mental issues before or during after your, your transformation? No. Is denial? Does denial count as mental? I, well, no. I would I say... Maybe. I don't know. I think there's an element... Well, how far there isn't an element. There was definitely body dysmorphia because we talked about me taking size 16s into the changing rooms. and mm -hmm. I wasn't a 16, you know. But I would take size 16s in and then there was the element of when I was so blinkered that I was emaciated. So my thinnest, I looked awful and i mean really really awful it wasn't just painfully thin it was very very obvious to anyone who didn't know me that i had some form of an eating disorder i did not see that i did not see it. in fact if i had a new low weighing because i weigh myself three or four times a day i was elated three or four times a day i was elated and that now is so hard for me to grasp i'm so far from there yeah that it's really hard to imagine what, like what life was like and when I think about that I was really miserable I was really unhappy because everything I ate was measured and if I eat this oh gosh I can't do that oh god I've had my new low weigh and so then that would trigger something else because then I think I don't want to put any more weight back on because mm -hmm. I really like this really 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 toxic and dangerous did it change your perception of food did you look at food in a negative effective by any chance food or? food for me back then was bittersweet because yeah. I had to eat it I couldn't get away from it but I didn't really want to eat it because it could affect my scale weight and I didn't want that and no. that's that's really frightening because even hearing those words leave my mouth now because I'm so far from that space it's really hard to kind of reconcile that with being me that went mm. through that yeah and so this is my bias against diet clubs because I'm not the only person that's gone through that no, at, at all it is a culture that absolutely exists. It's a culture they don't talk about, but it absolutely exists. And then building yourself back up from that to get to any level of normality is is a you know, it's a mountain to climb. It is, yeah. You've got to and you've got to be prepared to put the work in. You really, yeah. really have. It is a, the, the, the diet culture is very much a bit like a pyramid scheme, really, isn't it? To oh, it's, yes. it's, 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 it's the middleman. Yeah. It's between obviously we talk about education, giving clients nutritional value, yeah. and something that you've got exciting coming very soon. And you know, it's the middleman that they're saying we can have some knowledge, yeah. you follow our way, but that's the only knowledge you can have. Yeah. And to get results, you only have to just come back with us, and that's what advocates you your diet and gets people trapped in this diet culture. But I, I think it's just horrendous that you have to go. Did you say culture or cult? <laughs> oh, tongue, tongue twister um, yeah i'd say both <laughs> i'd say both. I would agree because it is an extent it, yeah it really is yeah and people get trapped i think they get almost demonized into staying in those four walls from yeah. the people that be within those mm -hmm. clubs and things even though they're saying we're here to help you then yeah. these people feel trapped and i don't think it i just don't think it's a positive place is it i think it's highlighted as a positive place it's a place that people go to to be helped mm -hmm. we're here to help you if I'm really honest, the people that work within these, the consultants, they're there because they want to, you know, they want to help. There's no two ways about it. No, these, no, no. these, it is much, much higher up than that. And it's the fact that no one talks about the downside of diet cultures. And I remember having a conversation with, you know, my best friend about this, and she's recently rejoined one of these clubs. And I remember kind of going, no, why have yeah, you done this? Say, why would you, why would, talk. <laughs> why would you do? And she said to me, she looked me straight in the eyes and she went, Lisa, it worked for me 
And I was like, no, no, it did not work for you because you lost a ton of weight with them. Then you stopped going, you put it all back on again, plus more weight. And now you're having to rejoin again. How is that a win? But the win is for the company because you rejoining is the churn. And there, ladies and gentlemen, is the business, yeah. is the ka-ching. And so, and this is a very intelligent woman that I'm, we're talking about here. She is programmed. Her disposition now is to believe that it worked for her. But every time somebody lapses off and rejoins, please tell me if you can relate to this. When you rejoin again, bet you're about half a stone heavier than you were when you went last time. Yeah, 100%. Because it's the that's, rebound. That's a famous, something I, I'm sure you and me got a pound for every time we heard that that line oh. it worked for me i have to this is my this is my poker face <laughs> yeah yeah and that's, that's what kind of being like what's the word we're not thinking negative of you but it's just yeah. you know the, the, these things do work for people mm. but what are you getting out of that yeah. and as i think we're very in line with this both of us but we're more so about the education you get from following maybe a harder process i don't i don't question that mm. at all the processes that we yeah. follow it is a harder process but the value you forget from following the harder process of educating and learning is lifelong and sustainability yeah because this is the difference and i think sustainability is the key word here mm. our way it might be harder. Yes, if I, let's, let's not beat around the bush here. It, is, it yeah. is much harder, but it is a sustainable way of life going forward. It is a way that you can have balance. I go out, I'm very, very social. I go out all the time. I drink, I eat pizza. There's nothing I don't eat. There's nothing I don't yeah. do. But in that culture, there is no sustainability because as soon as you step foot outside the culture, you then enjoyed that you i'm really loving this as soon as you step foot outside of that yeah their plan falls to pieces you cannot adapt that for longevity and sustainability in the real world which is why you then end up joining again six months 12 months later with the extra weight gain because you have the rebound and because they don't believe that their diets are restrictive but they are it's essentially a calorie controlled diet that's been worded differently and packaged up with a lovely little bow and handed to you well guess what there are apps out there that you can download for free that actually provide sustainability and you can arm yourself with the knowledge to be able to have this element of balance in the real world. And you don't have to do that. And you can save yourself. I think it was a five or a week when I used to go. I don't yeah. know what it is now. Anyway, let's move swiftly mm-hmm. on. So a bit more of a, a chill now. So are, so are you a foodie, Lisa? Do you love food? Well, Alan, I love food. Yeah. I think food is the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm a ridiculous foodie. So I have Italian blood in me. So anyone who can relate knows that. Italians love their food Mm -hmm. and I love food and I think because I have always enjoyed food minus that kind of dark time at the end of the swimming uh, slimming cult I've kind of found my love for food again and I come at food from a very different perspective than I used to I would say a much more kind of like holistic approach to food so I now believe in getting as much variation into my body as I can it's not just about the physique and it really isn't it it was for a long long time and it's not now I've I've been very fortunate to get myself into a great position with my physique so maintaining now I find quite easy so now I can enjoy can kind of like my legs stretch a little bit more around food so I love being in the kitchen I love creating I love making different things I love my food to look beautiful because you consume it with your eyes and your nose before your mouth ever gets anywhere near it so I love to cook and I love to play around with different ingredients and things that are going to 
satiate my body, but also make me feel really, really good when I eat it. I don't want mm. to eat chicken and broccoli and rice for the rest of my no, life. No, I don't. Far left wing like prep. prep yeah, it really is. Well. And yeah. you don't have to, and you don't have to eat food like that no. to to sustain a physique or to even you know obtain a physique. You you, you don't. It's stage prep is very very different, isn't it? As we both it know, is, yeah, it's very, the difference. So very yes. Strict massive foodie yeah so 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 if you were stuck on a desert uh, desert island lisa you had access to one meal and one mm. meal only being shipped over from no matter where would it be mm. whether it's a takeout whether it's been home cooked by someone you know what would that one meal be if you had to pick that that one meal what would it be my coach asked this question the other day on her page oh, really yeah my answer's different to what oh. i'm going to give her i think hers was slightly worded different i think hers was like if you had to, you could only eat one thing again for the rest of your life like each day i don't know <laughs> don't like the question because yeah. you'd get sick of whatever that yeah. one thing is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can have like a sausage, sausage bomb for a year mm. and then get off a baking bomb and it change your life and they'd be like, that's, that's absolutely incredible. The but, honest answer to that yeah. is it changes depending on what time of day and what season we're in. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I mean okay. that's not a foodie so, answer. Do, I don't know why. You have to break this down into like, into like winter, answer. summer, autumn. <laughs> I love, okay, we'll go with one then. Because okay. I feel like this goes, this transcends the seasons. Yeah. I love pizza. Pizza. It's so basic yeah. and it's so boring. It's, it's not basic, it's not But boring, I love life. pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a slice of pizza. Yeah. Well, I don't love a slice of pizza. I love a pizza. <laughs> What's your go-to topping then? What's your... I'm dead boring though. I love pepperoni. And I love Indusia and I love mushrooms. I don't believe, okay, controversial. I don't believe pineapple has any place on a pizza. Oh, get out. (laughs) Alan, you are wrong. I I don't believe. I love it. I love pineapple on pizza. Pineapple has any place on a pizza. It's personal preference. I'm not going to hold that against you. No, no, I know. I'm joking. I am though. (laughs) Yeah, I I love pineapple on pizza. You love pineapple on pizza. Yeah. But but, but my old school used to be. um, And we were doing so well. I know. So over. But margaritas, my sister used to yeah. work at Deep Pan Pizzas. Did you really? And she used to bring me like a free, home, a free, free pizza home like every, every week. Yeah, I was, I was blessed. You were blessed. But yeah, I know pizza and pasta, I think they're just mm. the nicest foods of life. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's, it's you know, it's there's an element, isn't there? Even though I've been really, really overweight, I can still yeah. get really excited about food. If I go out for a coffee, I will always assess the cakes. Mm-hmm. Always, always. If I go to a restaurant, I will always look at the desserts first. Always. That has yeah. never left me. You learn to control it. You, you learn do. to you have do. the you know the buzzword again, balance. You learn to there are days when I go, this will not support what I'm trying to do at the moment. So I'm not going to have it. And there are other days where I'm like, I absolutely am going to have this today and it's fine. And I don't yeah. beat myself up over it. I don't head straight to the gym and go, right, I need to do 30 minutes cardio now to I don't do any of that if I'm having it I'm having it I train for my mindset now and to keep my body healthy and strong I don't train to punish my body because I had a sweet treat once in a while yeah no that's not a good a good headspace for anyone another question okay I'm I'm going very much off point here so would you say now that your current lifestyle given everything you've gone through and what you've got to now would you say that you the way you eat now is tapered to your lifestyle so, I mean, so if, if, if I use myself as an example, I mm-hmm. put weight on so darn easily. I, I, I put on weight it is. So my, mm-hmm. my Monday, as we've, I've told you before, my Monday mm-hmm. to Friday is pretty darn strict. Mm-hmm. Then my weekends are kind of like, I've got, I can, I've got free reign to do what the hell I want because yeah. I've been better in the week. Do you follow any type of similar thing yourself? Or? So I do. So for example, at the moment, 
I'm actually technically having a little tidy up, what we would call a cut in the business, because I've got a couple of holidays abroad. So it, to be fair, if I was to go on holiday tomorrow, because my coach and I kind of implemented this phase called always ready, which was that if I booked a holiday with nine days to go, I could go and feel really comfortable. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm happy. I'm happy in that place. You know, I don't want to go through the, the cutting and the bulking stages really anymore. I, I just don't want to do that. So but having said that, sometimes I'm a lot more relaxed with my diet and I might just feel a little bit on the fluffy side, which I granted some people who are on my Instagram might think, are you kidding? It's how you feel at the end of the it day, is, yeah, of you know, and I'll have a little tidy up. During which cases, I'm a little bit more conscious. So the weekends, I would also be a little bit more conscious. But as a rule of thumb for myself and knowing my body the way that I do, Monday to Friday, I probably eat five, six times a day. Starts with breakfast around six o'clock in the morning, my last snack will always be a cup of tea and chocolate because I can't go to bed without having some tea and chocolate it's always factored in I I still to this day although I'm getting better at doing this I kind of know where I'm up to now because I've done it for so long yeah. but I am trying to get back into the habit of tracking again just okay. to keep myself a little bit more accountable because I'm in this like kind of you know tighter phase at the moment mm -hmm. this tidying up phase but as a rule of thumb I for weekends pretty much do what I want to do and Monday to Friday I just keep it a little bit tidy that's yeah. where I go okay. and it yeah. Balance. Yeah, balance. Balance. Buzzword. Yeah. Buzzword. We won't use that word anymore now. Yeah, no, no, no. Have you had any struggles since losing the weight, i.e. almost reverting back, body image issues? I know you said you think mm. you've had maybe a few issues there. Mm. Have you had any issues surrounding that at all? Or even going back to, I know I know. obviously you, you've mentioned about the, one of the things you used to get, relaxatives and things. Have, have, yeah. I know you said you've been fine, but have you ever had temptation? Have you had, ever had any no, not at all, because, you know, my mindset's very, very different now to what it was then. I'm in a much happier place. And I think you seldom will meet anybody, not just women. I mean, predominantly this statement I'm going to make will affect women more. And probably you can maybe, I don't know, debunk this from a male perspective. But women, I do feel, tend to be more hung up about their bodies or certainly more verbal about being hung up about their bodies than men. And I don't think I've ever met anybody, literally my entire life, that's just like, I am at one with what I look like and who I am. And yeah, life's just great. I just live my life. Yeah. It tends to not work that way. So you'll always have someone go and you could look at them and think, wow, their physique is, and they'll go, mm, yeah, but you know what I actually, that's yeah. the nature of the human experience, isn't it? So I will say I am 99.5% happy with where I am. 0.5, well, <laughs> otherwise I've just messed up my original <laughs> statement. So I've got to put the point in my I've yeah. got to back myself up. I would say, yeah, I'm I'm happy. I, I am happy. But then I think, you know, dare we throw the female cycle in there as well? It depends on what day we're on, but to what those percentages are. You know, yeah. if we're we're on day 27, then I probably it might be, it might be 95%. If we're on day three, it's probably 100%. Yeah. So it all depends. But yeah, I don't beat myself. I'm a lot kinder to myself. I'm a lot kinder to myself. So if I have a moment where I catch a reflection, I think I literally stop myself now. And I do have a slightly different perspective because of uh, uh, the previous year I've just had. But I will stop myself and just say, your body affords you so many freedoms. Mm. It has been through a lot, Lisa. You have lost nearly seven stone. You have birthed two children. You yeah. are 43 years of age. Give it a break. And literally, and I'll catch myself and then I'll go and then off I go and I don't revisit it again. It yeah. doesn't linger. If I try something on, I don't look good in it. Then I just go, it's not for my body. I dress for my body shape. I don't go, oh, but I really must mold myself. No, no, no. Because no. do. that's, that's not how you find happiness. No. It's not how I find happiness. That's true. Perfect. Great. Would you say that's empowered you into being a better coach? Oh, 100%. 
And, you know, this is a very, again, please back me up on this. I think the coaching, the personal training experience is quite an intimate relationship. You are essentially, we get quite hands-on. We're trying to make sure that muscles mm. are activated and everything else. We're in each other's space. You kind of build up this level of respect and trust where they open up to you and they'll talk to you about their environment because environment plays a huge part, especially if you're trying to have a body transformation. Yeah. It doesn't matter how strong your motivation is and your discipline. If you're in a home environment where there's tons of chocolate and tons of crisps and you love chocolate and crisps, you've got temptation around you yeah, all yeah, the time. True. Do you have a supportive partner? Do you not have a supportive partner? You know, so your environment plays a huge part in that. It's not just a case of, right, I'm, I've moved from the pre-contemplation to contemplation to action stage of, of decision-making. You have to think about the environment as well. And this is something I talk about with my clients but I think I'm quite relatable as well because I've been every element on that spectrum yeah exactly I've been very underweight and I understand what it's like to have dysmorphia I've been very overweight and in denial about that and then I'm kind of like Goldilocks now it's just just right. right you found it and i found it and sometimes you will find with transformations yeah. people tend to always overstep the line and it's only when they do that do they realize they've passed that line and they come back again mm -hmm. so i have a lot of experience in terms of life experience and i can talk an awful lot about these experiences that people have i've been there so i understand it so i'm not just nodding politely and going right okay with no point of reference mm. i truly understand and my workaround might not be their workaround, but I can certainly offer a different perspective for them. And then because I've been through those different experiences, because I have an absolute passion for nutrition and well-being, as well as biomechanics and all the other elements that I participate in, I do think I have a wealth of knowledge to offer clients. So yes, without a shadow of a doubt, I definitely do think that it makes me a better coach. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think it's just, it's one of them, isn't it? If, I think if you've walked in, in the shoes to which a lot of people struggle mm -hmm. with. And I think there's also a lot of, nothing against these other PTs or groups mm -hmm. out no, there, but I, I think when you haven't been been down that path yourself before and you, you don't truly know what it's like to go through that, mm -hmm. it does affect your relatability and yeah. you don't quite understand the same. And it's, it's, it's bloody hard work. Mm -hmm. And it's having that extra comfort and understanding with a client, I think makes, makes a massive difference. I do too. And I think there's an element of trust that's already built up there without you've established it already because yeah. there's that element of this person knows, this person's been there, this person mm -hmm. understands. And it's kind of like an unsaid thing between you. So, yeah. you know, and I think that people want their PTs to be in shape, the vast yeah. majority of people. But then there is still that level of intimidation and they worry that possibly you're going to judge them. I mean, we just don't. No, no, it no. doesn't matter. We're here to help. That's our job, you know. But I think if they know you've been through something similar, I think it just takes the pressure off them a little bit more, makes the situation a bit more comfortable. Yeah. That's my experience yeah, anyway. No, I completely agree. So what are your ambitions as a coach and what's kind of next for you? So without going into too much detail no. on that, I had a pretty complicated past sort of 18 months, really. Mm -hmm. And I would have answered this question very, very differently 18 months ago. What I'm going to answer it now. So I'm going to give you the answer as it is today. Yeah. I'm never going to be one of those personal trainers or coaches that's going to be on the gym floor 12 hours a day, five days a week. That's not sustainable for me. No. It's not going to be good for my, my health. It's not going to be good for my home life. So as much as I love being on the gym floor, and I do, and I absolutely see the gym floor being in my future for many, 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 many years to come, I have to think of all of the things I can do within the fitness industry, because this is absolutely my place. I found my place now, yeah. finally. And 
So those experiences that I had gone through over the past 18 months have very, very much forged a very clear path for where and the direction that I wish to take this. So I am in the process, it's well and truly underway of creating my first ebook, which is called Nourish. And it's all about nourishing the body and mind. And it's essentially a cookbook that's been put together about how to do just that. It's not just about being macro-friendly and people who train, but it's about thinking about the food choices that you put into the body and how they help your digestion and how they help your brain function, all these other things. So I've come at this from a very, very different perspective than just looking, I need a 600 calorie booklet to do me, you know, for meals. So it's kind of a little bit of me really. And it's about the visual, about the food looking really, really pretty. So this is not necessarily going to be, there are some recipes in that are really, really quick, but this is not necessarily going to be something you're going to pull out on a random Tuesday when the kids have got jiu-jitsu and karate and swimming. And you're like, oh, quick, I'm just, mummy's just going to make this. You know, it's not necessarily going to be about that. And I know that I'm singling my market, but it's something that I believe in. So that's the next thing. And then I've already got the second one in the bag in terms yeah. of the topic for that, which we spoke about very briefly, yeah, yeah. which I'm very excited about. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, awesome. So now let's go a bit more personal. Yeah. More about you, your own personal interests, okay. passions, what your own personal goals are. Okay. So if I start off with kind of passions and interests, I um obviously food is a big one for me. We just touched on this. So I love to cook and I love to create. So that's a really big thing. I find that very relaxing. Obviously when you have the time, because we're all busy, aren't we? Yeah. So I love that. I am really, really, really into photography. I love photography very, very much so. I'm quite artistic in a lot of ways. So I love kind of being out and about with my my camera and stuff and just collecting images and stuff. I really love art, water paintings and oil paintings and things like that. Having a very, very eclectic taste in music. So I love to kind of listen to music. I love to be by the seaside, hence the reason I moved to Southport. So I spent a lot of time on the beach uh, chasing sunsets. Not so many sunrises this year. Because it's like half four in the morning. Yeah, just, it's a bit, although I I have been known to chase the odd sunset. Yeah, definitely a lot more kind of chasing sun, sorry, sunrises, chasing sunsets at the moment. And I'm embarrassed to say, but it's the scouse in me. I love a bit of fashion. Yeah? Yes, I love a bit of fashion. So yeah, I like to have the odd fashion moment as well. So I love, and and I'm really into interior design as well. So I'm quite artsy for artsy, really in a lot of ways. Quite nomadic, a little bit of a, hippie as well I mean there's definitely that element to me so I suppose my interests are quite varied and I love to read I I read an awful lot as well so I always have a couple of books on the go various different subjects a little bit of fiction a little bit of fact a little bit of everything really so yeah that's kind of me and the goals are just to not stay linear (laughs) (laughs) let's just be as broad as that just to not yeah 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 not stagnate (laughs) no I love about you as well I think PTs get into what we do I feel like that almost forced to like compete yeah but you've not you haven't followed that? No, because I feel, I think that there's a, there is enough clientele. I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar industry and Southport, I'm sure that people watching this know this, but Southport is kind of was voted, wasn't it, as the the most, I think was it the most athletic place or the fittest place in the world because per square meter we had more leisure facilities and gyms yeah, than anywhere else so in the true, world. Actually, yeah. Okay, so we are in a very unique position that essentially that's, having said that there has to be the clientele to support that so in the gym that i work in there's tons of us there's absolutely tons of us but you know we all kind of do something that's slightly different yeah. we, we all come at it from a slightly different way and i know the type of clients that i want to attract and i think from the way that i i put myself out there i very very much attract the type of clients that i want to train because yeah. 
this is gonna, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, I really, really don't, but the client relationship between ourselves, it has to work for us too, mm. because like I said, it's intimate. So you, I want to spend time with people that I want to spend time with as well, who I can really help, who really want my help. And so, you know, I kind of do cherry pick who I work with, if I'm really, really honest. Yeah. And, and I'm fortunate that I can do that. So that enables me to absolutely maximize what I do on the gym floor with my clients so yeah i think there's plenty to go around yeah. and that's what we do do you have any fitness related goals fitness related goals well i thought i'd got my first natural pull up only to realize that i hadn't oh. a little while ago yes and um, i was doing it on assisted pull-up machine with no weight but there's still an element of resistance oh, right. Right. Oh, okay. so yeah <laughs> no, right. really moving on <laughs> so i still don't have my first natural pull-up although i did I did say it was one of the highlights of a month, a few months back, but yeah, I don't. So I've got to be able to get a pull-up, haven't yeah, I? Yeah. I've got to be able to get a pull-up. I mean, I'm not really chasing the physique anymore. I, I want to stay in shape. That's mindset shift again, isn't it? Which yeah, is empowering. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know what, a point to make on this, when people start off on any form of a fitness journey, it inevitably starts out as a physique-based journey. For the vast majority of them, the physique is kind of the cherry on the cake. It's everything else that comes or came with the journey yeah. that they didn't bank on getting because those are the things that you utilize in your life those are the things that get you through the bad times those are the things that carry you through the good times those are the things that strengthen your relationships those are the things that forge new opportunities the physique is just the cherry it yeah, really it is, yeah. really it's really true. is and you, you can only understand that when you've been on this fitness journey and you've done this, it's like, well, it's easy for you to say you've got the body. Well, yeah, but I went on the journey to get the body. So I kind of know what I'm talking about on this. And I, I, I work with people who've done lots and lots of this. Yeah. And so I would say, don't be put off by the work because for those of you that are in kind of the pre-contemplation or contemplation stage, honestly, it's a lot more enjoyable than what you think it is. Mm. That's what you, you get from that journey as well. It is. A lot of people, I, I think, quite negative as well. Everyone's on a journey. That, that's a big thing that that's around about. And I think it shouldn't be overlooked because, because it is a journey. It's a hell of a yeah. journey. And what you learn on that journey is priceless. It's priceless. And the, the most, some of the most valuable things that you'll ever learn. And it's really quite important to me, mm. uh, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not sure oh, yeah. as well. So yeah, so, so that kind of goes into... so. Would you say that you've, you've now got to where you want to be? Have I got to where I want to be? Hmm, that's a really tough question to answer. Mm. For now, maybe, possibly, yeah, potentially. I think, I mean, that's a load of question that. Are we talking physique or are we talking like in life? Everything. In everything. Everything, yeah. I feel like you're making this up as you go along now, Alan. <laughs> yeah, but this is, the, this is the, the door open to... Well, the answer's no then, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, there's, all, there's always more. There's always more to be had. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not in terms of like monetary, like I want more money. It's it's not like that. It's just, I want to feel fulfilled. I've got to have a purpose. You have to have a purpose. No matter what you do in life, there has to be a focus. There has to be a purpose. You have to be working towards something. It doesn't really matter what it is as long as you're moving forward, like I said. Yeah. So the work will never be done. The gains will never be enough. No. The weights can always go up. <laughs> and the reps. Always shooting for that, that yeah. next step. I think Matthew McConaughey said it, didn't he? You've got to always have something to chase. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. So what we just kind of spoken about there kind of opens the door also. Because obviously this is this is a part one of a part two. Uh, we just kind of glanced into, spoke about the things that you learned through the journey that you've been through mm -hmm. and how empowering that is to you. And yeah. if you want to kind of give a bit of clues as to what the, the next part two is going to be about. I got to my physical goal, which was great. 
And it was kind of a two-part series in as much as there was the weight loss, but then there was the physical development of the, you know, the journey within the gym. And I suppose I kind of could say I kind of got to that utopia state in terms of, you know, I was very, very physically fit. I had a great physique. And I say that with pride. I really do say that with pride, not with, not ego. I say that with pride. And then, yeah, my health took a significant turn and I absolutely 100% put my recovery down to those byproducts of that journey, the mental fortitude that I had picked up, the discipline, the determination, it's definitely the determination that all of those things combined, they got me the physique, they got me the cherry, but those things, the physique didn't get me, the body didn't get me, it no. was the physique, it was the determination and the mental fortitude that got me through the past year and a half I have just had. And that will be in part two. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned, yeah. That was all just from, obviously, this is the first segment, which is a lot. We've covered a lot there. There's a lot more about what Lisa's been through, which I think is very empowering and she's going to be sharing with us on the next next part. So, yeah, that was part one. How are you feeling? I feel pretty fabulous. How yeah. do you feel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't swear once. <laughs> yeah, I swear all the time. But no, honestly... That was amazing. So thank you, thank you for your time. Oh, that thank you for having me. Opening up to us, everything that we've spoke about there today. I know that there's going to be part two coming, but if you want to do a little bit of a share of your socials, etc., so people yes. know, can know where to find you. Hundred percent. Yes. What was yours? So my handle is Team LJB Fitness. That is my personal training page, and my personal page is LJB underscore PT. So you can find me or catch me on either of those two pages. And where do you PT? So I PT from Level Up Gym, which is on Virginia Street in Southport. Terrific. Thank you, Alan. Anything you want to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but anyway, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. As I said, part two will be on down the line. Um, please do give us a, a comment on what you thought of the cast. Give us a, a, a subscribe, follow on, all, um, obviously, audio platforms. And we'll catch you in the next cast very soon. Thank Bye. you again, Lisa. Take Good care.